Ryan here, just wanting to say thank you for listening to another episode of the Prairie Track and Field Podcast. It is the eve of the state track meet, and we could not be more excited. Athletes, spectators, coaches, meet officials, everybody that's taking part of the 2021 installment plays a huge role, and that's why we wanted to bring you this state track and field preview. We are going to be at the Bismarck Bowl. Look for Cameron. He's going to be handing out stickers. He's going to be putting together a recap video of sorts, so if you want to be part of it, Look for him. He's probably going to wear some goofy hat. He's got an interesting sense of fashion. Anyway, enough about us. Good luck to all of you competing this weekend. And here is the Prairie Track and Fields 2021 State Preview Edition. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Prairie Track and Field Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Enerson. I'm your other host, Cameron Rail. And I'm the new guest host off the street, Nathaniel Peterson. Yeah. Nate, you're back one more time, so thank you for joining us. It's, uh, we were saying we haven't had anybody repeat as a guest, let alone three-peat as a guest. So thanks for joining us today. It's an honor. I can't imagine life without the Prairie Track and Field <laughs> Podcast. Oh, man. So, Cam, you're training for the Sea Dick Run Mile. You signed up? Well, yeah, I think I signed up to run the Sea Dick Run Mile extravaganza is a better description than training for it. Uh, I have been running. I have been doing workouts. Um, the goal is kind of more focused on the Fargo 5K this fall and hopefully some cross-country races. But, I mean, you can't can't pass up an opportunity to, to run a fast mile in your home state. Um, and I'm excited to get waxed by some high school kids. So that should be fun. So it sounds like the Fargo Marathon 5K course record holder will be making a return. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes, that's true. That is true. So uh, no, no bold predictions or promises on how the performance will go, but I'm training hard and going to defend my title. So, yeah, that, it, it's kind of weird because there, there's been much bigger races that I've, like, trained for, you know, like conference track meets or to try and make the regional, you know, track meet and stuff like that. But I don't think I've ever gotten more recognition for any race than for winning the Fargo 5K. So, so. <laughs> It's a, it's a pretty, pretty cool race, so, and I guess one that's worth training for if you're in it for the, the clout. So, <laughs> but first, got to get through this mile on June 4th. So, Nate, you'd be, you'd be proud. So, Nate won the, the very first edition of the CDIC Run Mile, um, was then the stadium and meet record. What did, you ran like 416, Nate? Four sixteen seventy four, I believe. Yeah, yeah, off a bit of a slow start, but yeah, I think I think we this is going to be probably the the biggest field that we've had since that first first running of the of the meet. So um, I've been texting people, been recruiting, and you know, people have been saying saying yes, or at least that they'll think about it. So awesome. Um, 
So what is it going to take you, Nate, to get back here? What do we have to entice you with? Um, probably enough money that I can quit my job as a teacher so that I have enough time to train again for it. (laughs) Well, as a teacher myself, I will not be able to fund that. So (laughs) (laughs) I'll talk to some people. Okay. (laughs) Well, speaking of talking guys, what do we have to talk about today? What are we, uh, what should we start talking about? Man, I mean, state is only a couple days away, Ryan. Uh, and I, I just kind of want to throw it back a little bit and I want to hear, uh, from you, Nate and you, Ryan, and I'll share it too. Uh, what's like one state track and field memory that sticks out to you the most can be a favorite race that you were in or a favorite race that you watched or, um, yeah, just, just rewind the tape in your head, you know, little throwback and, and share your favorite favorite state memory in the Bismarck Bowl so I didn't do track until my junior year of high school Um, my junior year I qualified in the four by eight and the 3200 and then my senior year I ran all four distance events Um, and I think my favorite memory was after my last distance event my senior year so after running the 800 um, I was really good friends with one of my competitors Paul Schaefer from Grand Forks Central and I, I went on cool down with him and he took me outside the community bowl to the dirt trails that they have leading down to the river. And I had, I, I didn't know those trails existed and it was actually my first time ever running on single track trails period. And even though I was completely exhausted from the day, like I just couldn't get enough of that. I enjoyed running with him, talking with him, the trails. And when I lived up in white shield, North Dakota, I mean, every time I was Bismarck, I was trying to go for a run on those trails because uh, I, I just loved that system so much. And so my favorite memory was the first time that I learned about those trails cooling down after my senior year. Nate, it's probably it's probably good you didn't know about those trails till after the meet because we would, we would go and do our like warm-ups on those trails. And so we would, our tent was all the way up on the hill right? So we would walk all the way from the top of the hill down to the trails, do our warm up on the trails, and then walk all the way back up the hill to like get our stuff. <laughs> and it was, it was just like, I mean, I understand like uh, being a distance runner, like you want to run in cool places and, you know, see new things, but oh, that took so, so much time. And yeah, I, I bet Paul was probably the one who showed me the, the trails as well. Cause I think your senior year would have been my sophomore year, which would have been the first first year I made it to state as well. Um, but yeah, nothing like having tired legs from from trail running going into your event at state. But mm-hmm. Ryan, what about you? I feel like it's a lot of things you did away from the track that was almost the most fun, like staying in the hotel, like the only trip we would ever get to stay overnight at, and. Some of the things you do with the guys, I remember there was a great group of seniors the year ahead of me. So just being goofballs in the hotel with some of those older guys was really, really fun. But I mean, like, I'll, I'll be that guy. My state title is the, the yeah. best race. Like it was, I wasn't supposed to win. I was probably ranked third coming into the meet. And uh, yeah, I don't know what happened that race. I don't know why. 
that was my, like the race, the PR, if it was the crowd, if it was just the atmosphere, but yeah, something went off and was lucky to nab one. I actually was pretty sure I was going to get the 300 hurdles title earlier in the day, which I was ranked even lower, but felt really good. And I think about that race a lot. The fifth or sixth hurdle, I hit my knee like pretty hard and kind of fell back. And it was still a massive PR for me. And I sometimes think like, had I not hit that hurdle, things would have changed, but that's okay. Because I lost to Daniel Asa and then I came back, got him in the 110s. And now I'm going to, he's going to be in my wedding this summer. So yeah, it, it all worked out. Good that he's yeah. got one. Good that I've got one. Nice. How about you, Cam? What's your favorite memory? Yeah, I, <clears throat> I wish, I wish it was like a race like that, Ryan. Um, but the, the two races that I ran like my senior year that I had like the best chance to like win uh, I was just such like a head case, such a basket case that I like, I don't even remember the race hardly and the build up to it or like, you know, I was in my own zone. So I don't have very good memories about, about running the mile and the two mile my senior year, but the 800, you know, after running the mile and the two mile, your legs are basically shot. Uh, and so got to the 800 and it was just like, Hey, you know, whatever. And I was in it with one of my teammates uh, who was, had qualified by getting like fifth or sixth at EDC. So um, he was, Chris Carabello, he was really excited to be there. And uh, so we're on the line. Uh, somebody in my lane actually false started and they disqualified him, which is really unfortunate in the eight. They should have they let him stay and they should have let him just run the race. It wouldn't have been a big deal. Um, but that kind of like calmed my nerves a little bit. It was like, oh, that stink. My race can't go as bad as that guy's race went, you know, uh, and gun goes off and we take off and I'm, I'm literally like right in the back. So it's me and, and my buddy, my teammate, Chris, we're, we're way in the back. Uh, and you know, at that point it's like, well, you know, what do I have to lose? So just sat in the train and, you know, waited as long hung on as long as I could and was able to kind of kick home for like sixth place fifth or sixth place or something like that which um you know afterwards talking to my coach he's like dude that was amazing like if you can the fact that you placed in all three was was really good so I think I was the only guy the only distance guy who placed in all three events the mile the two mile and the 800 that year so that was something I was really proud of um which that's nothing to the kids these days, you know, you know it's just light work for them. But for me, that was a big accomplishment. So mm -hmm. that's, and, and I think I've enjoyed going back to the state meet and just watching some amazing, amazing races, even more than, you know, actually being there um, and competing. Or I should say, maybe I didn't enjoy it more, but I'm able to remember the excitement of the races as a spectator more than I was as, as like a competitor. Um, mm -hmm. So I think, I think a lot of people are just excited to have that meet back, like yeah. taking the year off last year. I mean, I can even the guy's voice, the guy that does all the announcing, I have no idea who it is, but I can like picture him. I did it a couple episodes ago, but and your champion in the 110 hurdles from Grand Forks, Red River, you know, it's, it's yeah. just like, the booming voice over the, the microphone, all the stats for the numbers people getting to watch all the races. 
sitting mm-hmm. on the, the grassy knoll, the, the really cool part of the stadium. I don't know. I think a lot of people are excited to have the meet back, and, and so are we. But you, you were talking about some of the guys that have been doing some light work. Let's just recap a couple of the conference races. Ben Antow, 908 in the 3200, third all time in North Dakota history. The only two people that have ever run 3200 faster in North Dakota are Corey Emels, who is our only sub four miler this state has ever produced, and Jake Linegang, who was a sub nine two miler in high school, third place at cross country nationals behind Edward Cheserick and Futsum Zenesalasi and 1344 5k runner like those are the only two people that have ever run faster two miles than him in this state like that's that's not a joke it's yeah that's stupid fast like and the thing is too a lot of i don't know if a lot but you'll hear sometimes like oh a nine a nine flat two mile in california isn't the same as a nine flat two mile in michigan or you know whatever and it's true because you know I mean, he ran that probably a pretty nice day out in Bismarck, you know, this last weekend. Uh, but it wasn't like he was running at the Arcadia Invite with 30 other guys who were shooting for sub nine, you know. Uh, and it's not like he had a, a pristine winter to train with. And, you know, and I mean, he he's run good times. He's obviously a stud and one of the guys we've been watching the whole season. But I did not expect to see him come away with the win and 908. Um, that was, that was maybe the, the biggest surprise from, from the conference weekend. Um, so, it, I mean, just adds more flavor to that 3,200, uh, state, state title race. You know, I really have no idea who's going to take it now. Yeah. So, um, one of the guys that, um, was through, through a big surprising throw, even though we've been kind of watching him, we said on our season preview, this Cadian Pastian, I, yeah. I might be butchering his name, Pastian maybe. Um, he threw 193 feet, four inches in the discus, which is one of the farthest discus throws in North Dakota history, class A or class B. Um, he, so like we have never had anybody throw over 200 feet in the discus. The state record is 198 feet, one inch by uh, Brian Bjork from Grand Forks Red River in 2012. Caden mm-hmm. K- is right behind him. There's only one person, A or B, that has ever thrown the discus farther than him. And um, I-, I feel like I haven't really seen that in local media. Yeah, that's crazy. Can I can I touch on Brian Burek's throw real quick? So that was Brian's. I can't remember if he did that as a junior or a senior, but. That throw was at Fargo South and that throw hit a large tree. Like nobody thought it was going to go that far. There was a tree that was kind of hanging over into the sector. This discus hits this tree and like knocks off a giant branch and still went 198 feet. Like who knows if it hadn't hit that tree, how far it would have gone. But yeah, very excited to see what Caden can do this weekend to North or like class B state beat records that are up for grabs for him. Yeah. Ryan was, is, if I remember right, is that tree in the, where the Fargo South throwing area, it's like in a backyard of somebody. So there's like, there's a fence, right. That sectors off like the end of the, the like 
the athletic area, like the football field area or whatever. I and believe I think the so. Tree yeah. Is on the other side of the fence, mm-hmm. so he like threw it out of the fence, you know, like over the fence, hit this tree like ten feet up or something. Yeah, that's yeah. Hopefully, we we've talked to him a little bit. Hopefully, we can get get him on the pod this summer and hear his perspective of that throw. But mm-hmm. and that, then that's, yeah. so Caden K- also threw. He's thrown sixty-two-seven in the shot put which is the third farthest all-time Class A or B and just five inches further than the all-time Class B record held by Jim Kleinsaucer from Carrington, who, am I incorrect, Was did he play for the Vikings? He did, yep. <laughs> so he broke a Class B state record held by somebody who played in the NFL. So this guy's a real deal. So you're telling me that Caden is going to be playing tight end for the Vikings here in a few short seasons. <laughs> I'm saying that he'll probably end up on the NDSU throws team because that's where all the good throwers end up. Yeah. And that's where he's committed. Uh, Yeah. Yep. So another one that happened over the weekend, Sean Corsmo running four twelve in the 1600 also good for third all time. And same thing. He's behind the same two guys, Jake line gang and Corey Imels. So he's in very good company in that field as well. Do you think those races at state, are they going to turn out tactical or are guys going to really try to throw down and go after some fast times? It's interesting because guys have been chasing fast times this year. You know, they, they've been running really fast at their regular season meets. They all went down to Sioux Falls and ran super fast. And um, I am not super privy to what there is for regional track after state in our area. But I do know that I was looking at the weather today and it looks a little breezy this weekend um, in Western North Dakota. And so if it is, I mean, I've noticed today that the winds are now predicted to be higher than they were this morning. Now they're talking winds possibly gusting in the low thirties. If it's like that, it could very well turn out to be tactical. Yeah. It, I mean, it's really tough to tell because normally you would think if you got a guy just with the nature of the state of North Dakota, normally if you have a guy who's, third all-time in the mile, third all-time in the two-mile, that guy's like a shoe-in to win the championship. Like, we're not even having the conversation of, oh, is it going to be tactical or are they going to run hard? But, I mean, in the mile, like, Corsmo obviously 412, but right behind him, Yoder's at 413, Knodel's at 414. So that's two guys who are not out of it at all. And then you mm-hmm. got, you know, Mo, Ethan Moe at 418, Owen Sondag, the freshman, the freshman at 419. So, I mean, that's that, that's four. Well, and then Ethan Bender is 420.05, and Mason Kindle is 42069. So, that's seven guys who are 420 and under. And even though there's like a, a, an eight second gap from seventh to first, tactical race, like that's any, any one of those guys' race, you would have to think. Mm-hmm. I think that I think one of the big points here is that we have distance runners in class A who have run under 420 in the mile and under 930 for 3200 that will not take top 3 in the distance events at state. Yeah. And most years athletes of that caliber are winning state. Yeah. Nate, what it I you had a tweet that you when you got like 8th place at state as like a 
a junior or senior in the two mile or what, what did you run or what was that? So my, my junior year, I ran 958 in the 3200 and that was good enough for eighth place. And the weather was, it was hot, but I think the weather was all right. I got the performance list pulled up right now. There are 23 kids in class A boys that have run 10 minutes for 3200 this year. Man. Sheesh. I mean, so, yeah. Like, my brother is a sophomore, and he's run, like, under 10.05. He ran, like, a state qualifying time for the two-mile. But, like, his coach was like – I think I'm okay to say this. Sorry, Coach Sean Allen, if I'm blowing (laughs) up your strategy or anything. But, like, they they were talking, like – Actually, they weren't even, like, talking. It was, like, almost like a given that he's, he's not going to run the two. It's like, uh, why even waste our time running the two-mile? Let's try and keep you as fresh as you can for, like, the 800 or the 4x4. Four four. Now, I don't know what they've decided to do. But at one point in the season, that was, like, the conversation, which is just, like, like the way that North Dakota – or the way that I see, like, North Dakota qualifying, at it's, like, you – the qualifying is set up so that everybody who runs the time will run the race basically just because of numbers in, in the state and stuff. Um, it's almost like if you qualify, you're obviously running it at state. So it's just, it's crazy to think that there's like, there's actual like strategy going on. Nate, do you think, or, or Ryan, I guess, you think that there might be some of that going up way up top? Um, like, do you think Ben and Tao, who is also well? I'm trying to see where he's at in the in the mile. Um, okay, so he's ranked 11th right now in the mile. You think it's possible that he doesn't run the mile and like just runs the two mile at state? I I always considered it as an athlete like an honor to be able to do all four distance events. Um, I I don't know if I've seen over the last few years um, any athletes prioritizing certain distance events and like not racing the others. I feel like I haven't seen that until like the college levels, but this has also been a year of firsts. So who knows? Yeah, I get, I mean, I guess it would only make sense to do it for the two mile or the 800, right? Because the order of events would be mile would be the first distance event, then four by eight, then two mile, then 800, right? Two mile and 800 on day two. So, I mean, you're not, not going to pull yourself out of anything to run as good as you can in the mile. Um, you're, you, you know, like maybe you wouldn't run the two mile to only run the eight. So maybe you got a guy like Cosmo. Maybe Cosmo like doesn't run the two mile. How how wild would that be? So he's obviously the number one in the mile right now. He is fourth in the two mile. Um, by like by like a way. So Aiden Johnson is fifth in nine twenty six compared to Cosmo's nine eighteen. So that's eight seconds. You know, that, that, that's a decent gap. But, but Cosmo is also the number one in the 800 by two seconds. 
So, I mean, if I, if I had to bet, I would say Sean Corsmo only runs – he runs the 1,600, he runs the 4 by 8 he sits the two-mile, and he runs the 800. I think if I was a betting man, I would bet that all those top guys are going to do everything they're qualified for. That would be – that would be where I'd place my money. I don't think anybody's going to scratch an event. Time will tell. Time will tell. You know, we've given the track a lot of love. How about the field? Is the pole vault meet record in danger? Currently, it is 15 feet, 7 inches, set by friend of the podcast, Mike Haroff. But Grand Fork Central, Cam's alma mater. We've got Jack Erlocker who's jumped 15-3 this season. And Cam, you got a good look at it. I think you even posted to the story of the pod, but he got a pretty good look at 15-7 at EDC. Yeah. So, and and I was under the impression that he had taken like a gradual kind of progression to get up there. Uh, but then when they had called out the results, uh, he he jumped, he won with like a jump of 14-6. So he went 14-6, 15-6. He, he went straight up. Um, or 15-7 or something like that. Um, I mean, so he set that 15 or 3 is his PR right now. Set that on May 14th. So, you know, a couple weeks ago, um, man, I, I mean, you have to think in such a technical event like the vault, like anything, anything can happen if he puts it together. Um, I mean, he, he's a strong dude. Uh, I believe he's also ranked fourth in the 200 meters right now. Um, yeah, there wow. he is. so he's run, he's run 22.13 in the 200. Um, kid, kid's a beast. Uh, so kind of funny story, uh, EDC this last weekend, uh, everybody's getting ready for the four by four. Um, there was a couple guys on the central team who had, put together a lot of events for the day and or had run really hard and just a little bit banged up. Uh, so they were short on some guys for the four by four. They, they pulled Jack, the pole vault specialist to run the four by four, never, never run the 400 before, never run the four by four relay before. So they got him in the little corral area and, and his teammate is like showing him how to do like the shuffle handoff, like the open handed handoff literally mm-hmm. as the guys are like getting in their blocks and it's like, Oh man, this could go so terrible. This, this could be the, you know, who knows what could happen, but he's like the third guy. I think he, he gets the stick, makes the pass just fine. He, he gets out, but he's right behind like a group of like three or four guys. And so he's just kind of, he's kind of sitting, you know, it looks like he's pretty relaxed and then he makes a big move like at 220 meters to go or whatever. And he torches everybody. He runs like 51. So he split like a 51 second, 400. Hands, it off, to, hands it off to the anchor. Uh, they, they had one team to catch. Central catches him. Central wins the four by four. Great moment for my alma mater for Central. That's, <laughs> I mean, that's got to be the only relay we've won in, in the last who knows how many years. Just electric. Uh, and with a, a pole vaulter running your third leg who was literally learning how to do a handoff one minute before he got the baton. So back to the, back to the vault, I guess. All, all that to say, kid's an athlete, kid's a stud. I hope he gets it. Um, yeah, 
Nate gave us a little weather report. It it's not looking super favorable. I don't think weather wise. So Kids, kid sounds like a gamer though. I don't think the weather matters. Like yeah. you get to the meet, your adrenaline's going, you're ready to go. It doesn't matter. You're not paying attention to the wind. Yeah. Yeah. That's in true. fact, I, I didn't even know that North Dakota was windy until I went to college and somebody told me that North Dakota was windy. <laughs> you know? I agree with that a hundred percent. I had no idea that North Dakota was windy until yeah. I went to UND and I had all these teammates from Minnesota saying, man, this sucks. It's so windy. I hate it. And uh, I was like, I guess it kind of is, but you know, now I live in Virginia and I, I know that there's one day where it might be a little breezy and people are like, Oh man, it's windy out here. And I'm like, uh, really? But okay. <laughs> not, not that bad. Oh man. Um, yeah. Go for it. I want to throw some love on class B here for a second. Yeah, let's, let's do it. Do it. So um, class B girls, um, something else that I think has flown under the radar, Kelsey Belquist from New Rockford has run 44.61 in the 300 hurdles this year, which is almost two and a half seconds faster than the next girl in class B. And that time, I was actually just looking at the class A girls top 10 all time because there isn't a class B one. Which is, which is too bad, but um, for the Class A girls for the 300-meter hurdles, 10th place all-time is 44-14 by Morgan Milbrath, and she's run 44-61 as a freshman from New Rockford, and wow. she also has run 57.9 in the 400, and so she is definitely standing out right now in Class B, um, and so watching her in the hurdles is going to be fun. Nice. I also want to throw some love. Um, uh, Beulah girls four by 200 meter relay. They are five seconds faster than any other four by two for class B girls in the state. And they would be number two on the class A girls four by two. Their four by 200 time of 143.5 would actually be in the top 10 all time for class A girls. It would be number 10. And so shout out to Beulah's four by 200 girls. They are just blowing everybody out of the water right now. Dang. Nate hitting us. Stat man, Nate. Love Maybe to that. see it. Yeah. Now I'm going to go out on a limb here. Let's talk team predictions. I am going to make the prediction that on the Class B boys' side, Grafton comes away with the boys' title. Led Ooh. by a couple of athletes. Athletes, we got Tommy Kern, who's run 50.62 in the 400. Between Class A and Class B, that's ranked fifth right now going into the state meet. This man also has the third best triple jump in the state, 44-1. That is... Only about a half foot further than the next Class B kid, but I mean a triple jump. Half foot is pretty good distance. So he's got some room. Also for Grafton on the jump squad, we've got Steven Garza, who's jumped 6'6 this season. Same thing, not much of a lead because the fourth best time or the fourth best jump in the state right now is tied between Cole Slaba of rugby and Ryan Feeland of Mohaw Lansford Sherwood. 
at 6'4". So he's got a little breathing room there. But I think Grafton is going to come away. With, if I'm a betting man, we've thrown a lot of bets down on the table this episode. But I'll throw another one out there. Grafton walks away with the boys' state title. Hey, I mean, Tommy Kern, number one in the 200 meters, number two in the 100 meters as well. That guy's going to have a full, full weekend. Um, and, I mean, hey, respect to Tommy Kern. Dude runs cross country in the fall. He was a member of the Bison Cross Country uh, summer camp uh, a couple years ago, maybe just last year, no, maybe two years ago. Anyway, uh, you know, Tommy, we see you liking the posts on Instagram. Appreciate the support. Uh, really excited to watch you ball out at state. Let's go Grafton. Hey, Ryan, do you think they're going to win with too many men on the ice, though? Ooh, too soon. Wow. No, I'm just kidding. I, I forgot about that. Some shade <laughs> at, like, the 2008 Eight. Grafton Boys State Hockey Championship. I don't even know if that's the right year, but. It's around there. oh um i guess for for class b girls um you know in the class b with so many teams um you can really get carried to a state title by a few athletes you know look at newtown how many years they won state with with literally just bringing five or six distance runners and a thrower and so you know I'm, i'm looking at the the beulah girls here you know they have they have the top four by one time they have the top four by two time they have the top four by four time and all those girls might be doing different individual events. They might clean house on the shoulders of their sprinters and any other athletes that can grab points in any other events that they have as well. You know, they have the second farthest jab thrower as well. I mean, just grabbing those high points here and there, they might be able to pull it off with that group. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like Beulah is a town that hasn't won a state track title for a while. I'm sure we could fact check that too. But yeah, it's good to see. I love when the title gets shared among Class B. So if we see Beulah coming out with a title, Grafton coming out on the men's side, I would, I'd be pretty happy. Who, who's won it uh, in most recent history? On the girls' side? A girl, boys. Got to be Hazen, right? Hazen for the girls. I'm on it. Give me a keep keep talking. I'm I'm I'll find it. Oh okay. You know well, what? okay. Well we I was under the impression that Hazen and Beulah were together. No. But they're sir. separate. They're se- they Beulah, Hazen, they have combined for cross country, but mm. in track they are separate. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go, let's go Beulah. And while Nate fact checks, one more appearance I'm really looking forward to at the state meet is Norm's Burgers, the guy that grills hamburgers at uh, the top of the grandstand. That's another really – that might be the star of the meet right there for me. Hey, Ryan, is is Norm's Burgers the most consistent performer at the state meet every single year? Year after year. Has never failed me once. Like the cheese is always just melted to perfection – and it's it's awesome. So glad to have Norm back too. At least I hope he's back. Yeah, I hope so. All right, um, have we bought you enough time, Nate? Yeah. So um, the last state meet, Class B girls, was won by rugby, and the state meet before that, it was won by Hazen. 
and the state meet before that class B girls was won by Hazen. And so um, those are, you know, Hazen, Beulah, rugby. I mean, these are all large class B schools with very strong programs. They're mm-hmm. in it every year. They're in it every year. Yeah. So it- I guess um, if we want to move over to class A, um, one thing that stuck out to me looking at the region meets was that the fastest sprinter in the state who has toppled all-time state records this year, Caleb Larson, didn't compete in anything. What do you think? Oh, man. Nate, when you, when you pointed that out to me, uh, I tried to make some funny quip like, oh, he just accidentally scheduled his grad party for the day of the region meet. Oh, he was taking the AP stats exam. Uh, you know, but that, that, that is a little concerning. Um, yeah, I mean, you would hope that maybe he was just, you know, a little banged up. Coach maybe just held him out um, to, for the state meet where he knew the, the best competition would be. Uh, hopefully this isn't um, spelling doom for, for Caleb Larson's uh, season. Um, it's so dramatic spelling doom hey probably just resting his legs in the norma text 24 7 we'll see i hope i hope it's nothing much if it is caleb get healthy but yeah i i think he'll show up and show out yeah and and they they need that too because he'll be worth at least 30 points you know if he wins the one two and the four that's 30 team points for legacy and then I'm sure he'll probably be on a relay that's pretty far up there as well. So um, in terms of legacy fighting in the team battle, like they need his points. Yeah. yeah I mean, you, you take Caleb Larson out of it. That's a, it's a big shift for, for Cheyenne. Uh, Jackson Kuznia is number two in the, the one, the two and the four. Uh, and so if, if Caleb's out, you know, he's next man up basically. And um would be big. I mean, Cheyenne kind of walked away with the EDC title. Um, so I'm, I'm sure they have their, their sights set on scoring a lot of points at state. Um, strong in the sprints, obviously strong in the, in the distances with uh, Knodal, um, Aiden Johnson, and then also Caden Johnson, uh, who is, who's ranked third right now in the 800 uh, and is a pretty strong member of their, their four by four. But, yeah, I mean, even with those, those two teams having some high-end studs, Sentry uh, is, is still kind of the favorite, aren't they? I think any school named Bismarck is the favorite these days. I, <laughs> yeah. think, I think if I'm not mistaken, at the last state track meet, the three Bismarck high schools went one, two, three on the boys' side. I mean, B- Bismarck mm-hmm. high schools are absolutely cleaning up in this state right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it will be interesting to see how it all shakes out. Guys, do we have any other things that we need to discuss as far as the state meet goes? It, this is going to be, this is going to be a fun state meet. They haven't had one in two years. People are having breakout performances. It's been a great season. And if it does end up being windy, the people that are strong will find a way to win no matter what the weather is. And so everybody else will just be left with excuses. Mm-hmm. 
And if you're a high schooler and you are getting ready, prepare for it. Be in the moment. Enjoy it. Don't overthink it too much. It's, yes, a bigger stage, but at the same time, it is no different than any other race. We can go Hoosiers here. We can measure the track. It's 400 meters in Bismarck, just like it is in Grand Forks and Beulah and Hazen and uh, New Rockford, wherever you're at. But enjoy it because you only get a few state meets, especially last year with one not being held. So live in the moment. Soak it all in. And wear sunscreen. Don't be that person on your team that turns purple because you're out in the sun all day, <laughs> two days in a row. Uh, hydrate. Drink some water. And Cam, finish us off, my man. Tell us about where you're going to be at this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I'm really excited. I'll be out there uh, at the at the meet watching and cheering for everybody, just kind of roaming around. Uh, if you see me, come say hi. Uh, working on putting together kind of a, a recap video of the state meet, uh, and would love to get uh, some interviews from all of you guys. Uh, just a brief, you know, quick question or two. I don't want to take you away from your pre-race prep. Uh, but it would be great um, just, to, just to hear what you all have to say. So I'll be out there. I'll have stickers. If you haven't got a sticker yet, I'll be handing those out. Um, so, so come find me and wish everybody the best of luck. Right on. All right. From us, another episode. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Oh, 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 oh